0: Well, we're here today at the Career Pro Inc. podcast, and we are just incredibly delighted to have Tom Snyder and Chris Hively here, and they're going to talk and roll about startups, how you respond to uh, the kind of raw, tough stimuli we've been hit with lately, and uh, we're just going to get right into it. These guys really need no introduction, but I hope they give a little bit of bio at the front end, but we're going to talk about how a startup should think through challenges and be disruptive and productive. Uh, Chris, Tom, take it away.
1: All right. Thank you, John. Uh, This is Tom Snyder. Uh, Glad to be here. For those that don't know me, I run an organization called Riot. Uh, We're a nonprofit focused on economic development and job creation uh, based out of Raleigh, North Carolina, Uh, but we operate uh, nationally and we have partners around the world. Uh, We run an early stage tech accelerator. So we work quite a bit with startups uh, and we're only about six years old, so we are a startup. So I can give you both the internal view of what a startup should do and then also what we tell other startups.
0: Great, Chris.
2: Uh, thanks, Tom. This is Chris Hively. Uh, lived in North Carolina for about 15 years now. Long-time entrepreneur. Lucky enough to have an early success as a co-founder of MapQuest, which means absolutely nothing to you if you're under the age of 30. Think of Google Maps before Google Maps. Um, uh, but I've spent the last 10 years here in Raleigh-Durham uh, doing what I can to kind of just help build and augment and, and accelerate, I think, this unbelievable opportunity we have here in Raleigh-Durham. i run my own accelerator startup factory with a partner, Dave Neal, for a bunch of years. We invested in 42 companies, put about $5 million into play. But uh, some of you also know that I just love to stir the pot and get things going. And now I have the added benefit of um, uh, for the first time in about 20 years, actually working for someone other than myself. I've told people I've upgraded my boss and uh, I've gone to work with a couple people that I just thoroughly admire um, at Techstars, Brad Feld as a founder and uh, David Cohen and David Brown as uh, kind of co-CEOs. And it's how do I take all these experiences that we've had in Raleigh-Durham and building this ecosystem and how do I share it with others? Around the world to foster more entrepreneurship. So, um, got lots of strong opinions, all loosely held. So, we'll see what happens over the next thirty minutes or so.
0: Well, let's talk about some of those strong opinions. Some of these startups and even bigger companies been hit with a challenge that I don't think a lot of people saw coming in the last month. What are some of the problems you're seeing, and what are some of the opportunities, maybe that might be underlying those problems in your world? Cool. So
1: I'll start. Um, you know, fundamentally the market has changed. And you know, the, the first thing that any good accelerator talks about is customer discovery and 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 going out and making sure that you're solving a real problem in the market. And and many of us were doing things that were, were validated and we're we're solving problems, but those problems may have changed. And so fundamentally, uh, the question is do you continue to try and do what you always did, which is hard, or how quickly can you pivot and adjust?
0: How are yeah, some of you- I- Go ahead, Chris. If I could just
2: jump on that, you know, this is a real look in the mirror moment. And if you, the easiest thing would be just to kind of keep the same focus and pretend that what's happened is noise. And uh, that's pretty risky play because, as Tom just said, the world's changed. Your customers changed. They're changed emotionally. Some of them have changed physically, right? Um, in terms of how they do business. And so, you know, it's a real look in the mirror moment to say, um, like, fundamental question: Is the product or service I'm, I'm offering is it a need to have or a want to have? I would hate to be in a want to have business right now, because the want to haves are the first thing that go when things get tight. But and you better look in the mirror and answer that question honestly.
1: And by the way, those want to haves are not likely to be businesses that are going to come back in a few months even if we do reopen because we're not going to go back to how things were. everybody is going to be flavoring future decisions around what is what has happened.
0: What are some examples that you're seeing that maybe give us a little bit of hope in in, in the businesses that you're working with? Is there any interesting trends that are going on now that we could pick up on we need to pay attention to
1: there's a lot of fundamental um, Change and and I think some of this change was in motion, but just has been fast forwarded. uh, Quite honestly, you know a lot of the um, you know the gig economy work that we see in terms of on-demand deliveries and uh, you know being able to do things remotely, the work from home. You know the technologies we're using for work from home been around for a while. We're just accelerating the ability to do so. And I think a lot of industries are finding actually this works. You know the question is will that create more willingness. To work with distributed teams, for instance, which could unlock rural entrepreneurs that historically have worried about not being able to do team building, but now realize, oh, you know what? I can run my company from anywhere and work with talent from anywhere. So I think there's some interesting things that maybe have been a- around all along that have been just, we've recognized and amplified that recognition a little bit.
2: Great, Chris. Yeah, um, it's gonna be really interesting. A year from now, I think it usually, I think some of the stuff I've read that it wasn't for about two years after 9 11 until we kind of settled into kind of a, a new normal, whatever that was. And uh, whereas you don't even start to think that the new things you're doing, they're just naturally the new, the, the way we do things, right? So obviously, what's going to come out of these video kind of virtual kind of connections? Um, you know obviously we 're all doing a ton of these, so we're going to become more familiar with them, more comfortable with them they are going to be a way that we can do things like some of the things that Tom mentioned i've also heard that um, we're also learning that psychology wise that they they're not working as well and i 'll give you one silly example right now we're looking at each other, and john i 'm looking at you, but the picture of you is about six inches beneath the camera, and so Without glasses, if you and I are trying to build a meaningful connection, what you see is my eyes looking down. I'm not looking at you. Okay, so you know, on one hand, we're going to understand that this is a platform, and maybe we don't have to get in a car or on an airplane to build meaningful connections. On the other hand, we're going to have to improve this, the tools so that we don't lose the meaningfulness that we're looking for. I think we got the connection part down. We haven't necessarily nailed the meaningfulness. But I got to tell you, a year from now, I bet there's Improvements to these videos chat systems and that are going to be that are going to build on that. And so, the question is, with that, how does this change your engagement model with your customer? And especially if you're more of a services or B2B, maybe not necessarily consumer, but maybe who knows, you know, it's going to be different. These platforms are going to be now, instead of a nice to have, probably an integral part of your business model. And so, one thought would be as you think about your business and how you might redefine it, how would you embrace these technologies and optimize on the meaningfulness of the connection?
1: And I'd like to add to what Chris said, because I think he's spot on, but we're gonna see, you know when we look at it, our internal communications, not even external towards customers, internally working as a team, we're, we're estimating we're 30 to 50% less efficient now using these online platforms. So, Than we were before and I think a lot of it is that we've lost uh, the nuance of body language and other kind of things that are part of human connection but what will be interesting to see is you know this has always been a promise of virtual reality for example the ability to really get immersive and be separate but to to not feel that way and that evolution of tools that Chris mentioned I think is going to be in those kind of spaces The, the risk is that we're going to further uh, struggle with the digital divide and who really can participate and who can't uh, with you know uneven distribution of broadband.
0: How how are the companies that are entrepreneurial and looking forward and and trying to anticipate change, thinking about this right now? What's the right thought process that people should have whether they're entrepreneurs or want to think like a startup?
2: Um, maybe I'll jump in give Tom a chance to follow and augment. My stupid start. Um, you know, right now there's too many things changing. So, you know, a lot of people said figure out how to hit pause. And, you know, I think there's some, I always think a good entrepreneur spends about five to 10% of the time like dreaming of like, you know, kind of what's happening way out there and about, you know, 80 or 90% of the time figuring out what the hell do I do over the next three months. Well, I got to tell you with that 80, 90% of the next three months, like the rules keep changing every single day. Right. And so there's, I think, I can't tell you that every business should be put on pause, but maybe this kind of, maybe the other side of the coin to the, like look in the mirror and be aware. I think you got to kind of figure out how do you survive the next X amount of months till we start to kind of understand. and, And I'll give you a silly analogy. Um, some uh, people listening may not remember that pre 9-11, you could basically walk up into an airport up to the gate without any friction. Post 9-11, tons of friction. By the way, whatever it is coming up on 20 years later, you know we just factor that into our lifestyle that you have to spend X amount of time and allocate this much time and just part of how we operate. So let's take that analogy back to today. I don't know what kind of scanners or systems or TSA what's going to be the equivalent of that for our businesses six months from now nine months from now so until then you better like ears open eyes wide open you know figure out how to navigate figure out what our customers how our what our team needs basically almost like survival mode until we start to get some repeatability some consistency and then with and if you're spending some amount of time looking ahead at those be ready for when those things start to lock in that you can take advantage of. It. Obviously, I'm, I'm really high-level squishy, but uh, maybe Tom can make that a little better.
1: Yeah, well, so I, I, I agree. And 9-11 is a great example. I've seen a lot of people use that as an analogy that you know the world pre and post 9-11 were different worlds. And if you look, though, in retrospect, at the amount of innovation that happened from that crisis, you know, it's amazing how it accelerated drones and robotics and surveillance and security and, you know, bringing medical grade CT scanners into an airport, right? Nobody thought to do these kind of things or into a, a luggage carousel. So there, there is going to be tremendous innovation that comes out of this. And so the entrepreneurs that can recognize those trends the earliest and begin investing now or the established companies that, that invest now are, are just going to be ahead of the game coming out the back end. But I think that as you are exploring, you know, what are those trends? You know, something everyone can do right now is continue to engage and communicate with customers and potential customers and really show empathy. You know, do what you can to build trust, to understand uh, your customers. And from there, you'll start to see these trends.
0: What are some ways you can build trust with your customers right now or build trust with key contacts or stakeholders. What are some of the secrets from the, the annals of your brain uh, that have worked for you before that could even work at this time? Classic stuff. Maybe. Picking up the phone.
2: Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a phrase that we use at TechStars. I just got off a long call with my team about this and we call it a give first. Um, it's a big, huge wide umbrella that you can fit a lot of things under, but you know, The easiest thing to do is to deepen the relationship with people. And the best way to deepen the relationship is asking how you can help and then then actually doing it. Um, You want to build trust, you build a relationship first. And, you know, relationship over time hopefully becomes trustworthy and supportive. And, you know, John, you know, you and I have talked about this, you know, for years, is that way too many people view networking as a transaction. And it's not, it's a place to build relationships that kind of um, help self support each other when needed. And so, this is a great time to build relationships. It's what, you know, I'm in the process right now of running a business that sells multi million dollar in person hands on advisory services. Hmm. You couldn't consider us more screwed than anything in the world. So, what is it a good time to do? Build a whole bunch of new relationships, get on calls explain to people what we're doing, see if I can help them in any way. No charge, not no transaction. How can I help? How can I share with you what I've seen and done? And you do that over and over again, what you might happen is you might happen to find 8, 10, 15 new relationships that will come back to you in spades at some point. So give first is my mantra.
1: Awesome. I couldn't agree, agree more with what Chris said. When we talk to startups, we, we basically or any company, really, you discussed that you have three currencies that you need to manage. You have to manage your cash flow, you need to manage your time, and you need to manage your relationship capital uh, is the the term that we use for it. And to the best that you can at any time, crisis or not, you want to run a surplus in cash, you want a surplus in in time, but it's good to run a deficit in relationships. And, And what I mean by that is exactly what Chris said, which is lead with helping, lead with giving. Uh, do what you can. That that builds trust. That builds loyalty. And then there will be a time where all of us need to make an ask. And it's easier, whole lot easier, to make an ask to somebody that you've helped than it is to make an ask to somebody that you've already taken a lot from. So
2: this you is a time activate, where you-, you can't activate your network if you don't have one. And if, yeah. that network is not based on trust and a mutual supportive. And it's not really a network, right? It's just you know these are pawns that you're using, and it never works out to your benefit. So build, build and augment your network now.
0: How much of that building of your network might give you some insight into <clears throat> what a future client might need? Could that be g- almost good intel for you now if you're listening?
1: Absolutely, particularly if you, if you lead with listening. You know, in any <coughs> conversation, there, there's somebody in the conversation who's doing more of the talking and someone who's doing more of the listening. You know, by asking questions and then listening, uh, that's one, showing empathy, it's building trust, but it's also your opportunity to, to listen and tease out what those problems are that you might solve.
2: Great. Let me, let me take that, John, and, and actually anticipate one of your questions that's coming up, which is, is now a good time? You've been furloughed, maybe laid off, maybe your job will come back, maybe it won't, maybe it'll come back in two, eight special weeks that your employer has to bring you back but maybe the long-term it's not going to happen. This is a great time. I'll tell you one thing. Um, I am in a place right now where I am about two X more creative than I was prior, but I'm also about 25% less energy than I had. So I got these dual things happening and I'm old. So I'm still a paper guy, but I even have stuff like my new idea. Right. And you know, this is a great time. I think it's a healthy thing. I think it's good, good for our brains. We, have, we all have more time than we had before. This is a great time to start kind of noodling around with an idea. And to Tom's point, the first thing you do is go out and talk to some people. Everyone's talking. So you might as well be part of that. So it's a great time to start socializing some ideas. And who knows? Maybe when this thing opens back up, you'll decide to start your entrepreneurial journey.
0: That's great, Chris, Tom. That's awesome. Uh, what's de energized you now is just because you can't get out physically with people. That's a big part of you, isn't it?
1: Without any question. For, uh, so, at, at a personal <laughs> level, I've started doing a lot of my work outside. I've got good Wi Fi in my wow. backyard, so that helps to keep me personally energized. But, but really, what's energized me the most is seeing um, how the community has, has rallied. We are fortunate at, at Riot to be kind of a a point we get a lot of inbound requests and offers. And uh, over the last couple of weeks, we have started a project we call Mission R, where we're we're supporting initiatives specifically fighting COVID-19, either on the health side or the economy side. Uh, So we've got a huge community that have come together to print face shields and we're delivering to multiple VA hospitals now. We've got teams that are working on online tools to connect Resource providers with folks that need things. We've got folks work, working new technologies on contact tracing and on uh, ventilators and a whole bunch of other projects. And so it's just been inspiring to me to see a whole lot of folks that are come together doing volunteer efforts. And if anybody'd like to participate in that, you know, reach out through our website at riot.org. We'd love to get you involved.
2: Yeah, John, I'd love to jump on that too. So you know, one of the things that we Help do at Techstars is um, the startup weekends are locally organized, but we help kind of facilitate those and give back office support. Typically run up to a thousand startup weekends around the globe a year. But, um, you know, with this crisis and being that we have a worldwide platform, um, we have created a format for a virtual startup weekend and we're now doing a global COVID one. So I think. The last number I heard is somewhere close to 70 different sites will run a COVID inspired startup weekend this weekend all around the world, which means it doesn't matter which one you join um, because it's all virtual. If you're interested, just go to techstars.com or depending on when, and they're not just all this weekend, they're coming up, you know, some of them are dribbling out. um, But it's a great way to say, I don't know. uh, I'm not sure I want to help a face shield, but I'm a biologist and I, may have an idea to see if I can find four or five people over the course of a weekend to kind of noodle on this idea and do a little customer discovery and maybe a little prototyping on paper. So I'm super excited about um, that and what, you know, Tom's doing and other people. And like a lot of good things, there's lots of ways to get engaged. It's only up to you whether you decide to engage or
0: not. Right. Wow. What, that's just fantastic. So, so really in essence, are you saying that we should press in a little bit more, not back off? How does a startup mentality or someone who's building a successful business handle the worry of all this? This is a time you're saying to engage, not back off, even if you're feeling displaced. I think, I I think honestly,
2: it's going to be both, right? And I just, let me repeat the thing i mentioned i'm 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 very creative right now sparks are flying but i also have less energy and my bucket gets depleted faster um i've talked to people that you know by 3 30 in their work day they're done when they used to be able to go to seven no problem so i think the answer is is yes both all the above none of the above something you know um I'm not a psychologist. I'm only one person and I have my own experiences. I think this is a time that if you have some energy to put some, you know, maybe it's time to put some new thoughts into your business, maybe, you know, evaluate where you're going, maybe spend some time looking internally and building up. That's what we're doing in my group. I have 10 people. We're, we're building some processes. I mean, I'm, I'm tenor. I, I've never met a process I didn't want to vomit on. Right. But it's a great time to kind of build for the future because I can't be spending time at my client site. Um, at the same time, I think we also have to give each other room to say it's not, you know, the typical eight or ten hour day is probably not doable. Um, the psychological effects of being of what we've gone through in the last five weeks and maybe for the next next weeks are going to have a realistic toll. And I think you got to recognize when your body speaks to you that you know sometimes at three thirty I'm done. And uh, so there's my more mental physiological answer, become something smarter.
1: Yeah. Well, I don't know if it's smarter now, but I, I tend to agree. I think, um, you know, it's important to not lose sight of taking care of yourself and taking care of the people around you. And, and a part of that is, is having good kind of self-awareness of what your limits are. But I, I have found for, you know, for myself personally, and for a lot of people having something purposeful to work on is a great distraction and. Can create some energy and some sense of normalcy, and so on. And so, uh, to you know, your your business may not be moving in the direction that you thought it would three months ago. Uh, but you know, taking the opportunity to rethink things, to do things new, uh, but to create a little bit of structure and, and kind of force yourself to take some action and to, to dig into the opportunity that's in front of us can create some nice purpose, uh, but it can't be at the expense of just, you know, taking care of yourself, not just physically, but mentally.
0: That's awesome. Well, why don't we, why don't we round out with any last thoughts? This has been just, just great. You've provided resources and insights and information that we really need right now. And I know it's almost an unprecedented time to, to obtain information and to reach out and to build in a unique way, not the typical way, maybe relationships and I think that's a big part of what I took out of this today but let's let's do final thoughts and I appreciate you guys for coming on today and taking time out of your uh your home base you know what uh I think base camp I guess I call it or cave or wherever wherever you are but I really appreciate you guys for doing this and giving of yourselves at this time final thoughts friends
1: yeah well so I'll jump in first and, and thanks for having me John and Chris, for your, your thoughts as well. But um, I, th- I think it's Bill Gates that is credited with saying something to the, the effect of uh, you never really feel like you can make that much progress in one day, but then you're always amazed at how far you can come over the course of a year. Uh, I, I think the last eight weeks or so, we're going to see we came like a year's for- forward in progress in a lot of areas, certainly in change. Uh, change is hard, but change is inevitable. And And to me, when you have something like this that forces a change, that, that creates just an amazing opportunity. And so for the folks that do have the energy to innovate and to be creative, um, you know, find the silver lining in this and really take an opportunity out of it.
2: Yeah, this is working perfectly because I'll pick up on one of Tom's threads. Uh, I've, uh, again, you know, I've probably, I probably I don't know who I stole this from, but, uh, you know, I believe entrepreneurship is definitely a team sport and there's no more evidence that we need a team around us now than ever before. So, um, you know, whether it's for, uh, intellectual support, idea support, uh, you know, scaling support, launching support, or whether it's just the mental parts of being a CEO of a startup and in this crazy time, this is a great time. Don't, don't forget to put yourself out there, build your little peer group, um, call me. Call Tom. We'll jump on the phone. You know, we'll 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 do another or six hundred Zoom call of the week, whatever, and we'll listen. And uh, so, regardless of of whether you're thinking about building a business, currently building a business, been building a business for a while, and you need some help, use your network. Use your network. Thank you, gentlemen.
0: Good health. And for happening. Thanks for having me. you. Those Thanks for having us. All
1: right. Take care
0: again.